Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. And we're live. Good evening, everyone. How's it going? No? No? All right. Hey, was that a question for the people back home or is that for us? That's definitely for you. But... People at home are sitting and listening going, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Doing well, guys. Good evening. Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt. Hey, I'm just happy to be alive. So thanks for yeah, uh, checking. So, so Corey tried to. Corey. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Corey had the sickness for like the itis for like a couple weeks. So yeah, that happened. Two weeks. Technically, it was two different itises. So I'm just I'm just going to throw that out there. Started with the uh, sinus infection, moved into the flu. So had a real fun time. Let me tell you, happy Thanksgiving to me. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So. Let's get into tonight's show on the rundown. We've got San Diego guys. They're alive. They, you know, Matt Hawkins tweeted us. I'll get into that. Hallelujah. Uh, last, week's, last week's line out with Mark Bullock of Glendale Raptors. Ontario Arrows released their schedule. What is the PRP's impact on MLR? And then, you know, as per usual, until this season kicks off, player signing. Nice ones this week. So let's get into it. Uh, San Diego gives hints on Twitter. So last week, uh, one of our posters on the Reddit board, that is reddit.com slash r slash ml rugby. And his name is Cardiff RCM, put our exchange with Matt Hawkins, uh, former USA Sevens coach, on the board so you can all read it. But uh, he's the... He was on the operations and coaching staff for the San Diego Breakers. I think his role is about the same because they're running this ship pretty lean this year. Uh, But he dropped some hints. He said there's a few more announcements that they need to come out. And, uh, you know, then their roster should drop pretty soon. Yeah. So we're uh, we're pretty happy to hear that they're actually around. Um, It's a bit of a spoiler, but this will actually be – part of the tweet of the week. So we'll, we'll list everything there, but basically just saying that coaches and players are around. They are picked out. They are together. They're apparently good according to this unbiased source. So we're, we're happy to see that because um, San Diego was the only one that really announced nothing and just came out a month and a half ago or something like that. Um, so it's just encouraging from my end. I mean, I, I kind of pegged them sort of like um, Houston, a couple of months ago, back before they, they got like exploded, like no one knew anything about them. So people were kind of freaking out and saying like, oh, this Houston team's coming out of nowhere. But then they came and uh, it turns out that they actually have probably one of the better teams in the league. So hopefully San Diego can do something like that. Um, there's a lot of good talent down there. Um, pretty good dedicated fan base too, from what I saw. Um, that's all I got about San Diego. What about you, Victor? Well, it's really good to finally hear from them because keep in mind, guys, we only have a couple of months to go until the start of the season and they still haven't announced anything. No coaches, no players, nothing. But now that Mr. Hawkins uh, came out publicly to say, hey, we got these things lined out. We just had to you just have to wait a couple weeks. It's reassuring, but n- I'm really not going to fully believe him until I actually see it. So 
that that's that's all he really has to do. To, that's all he really has to to do it for me. But I'm going to trust the guy. We'll see what happens. Well, I was all I was going to say is that I don't. I mean, I don't think San Diego is going to back out at this point. I mean, they're on the schedule, they're on the website, they're everywhere. So, I, I mean, I think San Diego, it, the team itself will exist. Um, it'll just be interesting to see kind of, like you say, how they evolve and what they turn into. That being said, I mean, you know, we've kind of said the same thing about uh, Utah, and we said the same thing about New Orleans, and they have been bringing in some fantastic talent. Both those outfits have. And so clearly there's players out there, there's players that want to be signed. So that's not been an issue. Um, And San Diego, from everything I hear, is a place you want to be. I mean, it's a very appealing uh, place to live, just as... Uh, culturally and the weather and everything else. So I would imagine that would be a very popular destination uh, potentially for some internationals, get some internationals out there and as well as uh, some high caliber domestics, whoever's left here. So I don't think San Diego is going to have a hard time feeling, filling their roster. Let's put it that way. Moving on to uh, the line out episode six uh, with Mark Bullock uh, of the Glendale Raptors, director of rugby um, really, what do you guys think? I love talking rugby with people and just hanging out. You know, we could have gone on for a couple hours, just like the first conversation I had with him. I had to cut it off and, you know, respect his time. Um, you saw, you know, a bunch of the personal stuff, I think. And then also what has been accomplished in Glendale over the last decade. Yeah. I mean, he, he really did help build up that program from what it was. And I, I love the part. And we were actually talking about this pre-show too, where, Basically, he was working as a principal, and Glendale came to him and said, we want you to be the coach. And he goes, well, I need to be making you know, the same amount of money that I'm making here. So eventually they came back to him and said, okay, well, um, you have to do this, 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 and this. You have to write grants. You have to um, be the liaison for like Homeland Security, everything like that. And he goes, but I can play rugby, or I, I, can, I can coach rugby, right? You go, yes. He goes, okay, I'm in. So then from there, he really helped build it out. And then the only 10 years, 11 years old, um, and they've already done all this. So that's really awesome to really see that come out. Um, kind of really a success story from uh, from rugby in the U.S. Let me tell you, Mr. Matt Bullock, that guy has, has gone to a lot to make that uh, Glendale uh, program what it, what it is today. And, and the fact that he... <laughs> He sort of came from really humble beginnings back in the 70s. So he's been playing the game for quite a while. And I'm from, from the, I'm on top of that, coaching th- uh, three different sports. Besides rugby, you got uh, basketball, American football. The guy obviously has a lot of expertise on top of everything that he had to go through to make the Glendale uh, program what it is today. Definitely, I, I definitely do respect, I definitely had to respect the guy. Because I I know I'm, and I'm sure it was quite hard, especially for the fact that that's the first program of his type in the country. So he, uh, I know he went from like Montana to Seattle and back, came over to to Denver. I definitely give it a listen. I think it's really interesting to see the whole backstory of how everything is because we're on these message boards, we talk about these teams, we forget that there's you know really people involved with them. So it's just seeing the whole background. It's just. Um, kind of amazed me too, just to know exactly what he did and what he built um, and really how it happened too. Um, 
you know, it was a really kind of lengthy backstory about how he got familiar with the people in Glendale and it just worked out really well. So yes, give it a listen. Give us listens and we'll watch it too. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, so the Arrows 2018 schedule, their spring fixtures were announced. Uh, so the thing that interests me is uh, these two matches home and away against what is said to be uh, a mystic alum backside, according to Brian Ray. Shout out there, man. Um, you know, we have differing opinions on how this goes down. But so I did query uh, Mystic River about this and didn't get anything back. So, you know, if it is Mystic, guys, I think it probably also involves this Boston RFC guy who is behind the uh, Union Point development uh, funding the a significant portion of the athletic, uh, I guess, complex that's being built. Uh, and then that guy is a soup magnet. So The soup king of Boston. There's also the logo for Rugby Club New York. Really haven't heard anything out of them. So let's talk um, New York and Boston. Okay, real quick before we get too far into the New York-Boston thing. Is clam chowder a soup? Or yeah. a chowder? There's, there's, yeah, right? I, Isn't it? I mean, I, uh, I, I'm in a, the, the assumption that it is, right? I guess it's more like if, if we're talking like I'm not really a chowder guy. I mean uh, – Chowder hen. We've got like stews and soups, you know. Yeah, yeah. more like a stew. So I, I would say it's more like a stew. To chowder. Then there's but chili. There are, Isn't chili like its own category, though. Yeah, chili's definitely its own category. We should probably chili's take. Not really yeah, we should probably move just to the soup cast uh, later this week. We we do one of those. Oh man. I've been talking about soup on every Wednesday night for for years. Just never recorded it, but just talking to my wife about it. Just, there we go. Dan just opens it. Oh, Dan just opens his window and shouts down the street. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. It's New York. Someone's gonna be yelling out their window at midnight. Of course, French onion. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, yeah. dude. Yeah, you know. broccoli cheddar. <laughs> So we've got that Rugby Club favorite. New York logo that is on their website. And then we've got, you know, supposedly this Mystic River uh, logo is a placeholder, but I'm calling it the Mystic River Hybrid. So, yeah. Yeah, some sort of Boston affiliated team. They're from Boston. That's all that really matters. Whether or not they're, they're related to this whole uh, the soup king of Boston or not, I'm not really sure. It would be – it could make sense. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to dive too deep into it because I'm basing this entirely off of one tweet by um, uh, uh, Arrows. I'm sorry. Whoever this was that actually posted that. And then also Boston RFC's own Facebook post. You know, It's all just really speculation at this point. I don't know anything. Sort of – I never really know anything. But I'm, I'm really, really excited that there actually is – a confirmed game in New York in the spring that I can go to and I can watch in person. Um, I think that, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think it's going to be a mix of all blue and Nyack or at least exclusively all blue and Nyack uh, players. And then after that, they'll go back and kind of do their own thing with all blue and Nyack, but it will be a good way for 
the teams to come together since this is probably where a good chunk of uh, roster will come from. There's a lot of Eagles on these teams. I think it was actually Cardiff who somehow knows all these players, despite the fact that he is actually from the UK, um, posted a potential roster, and I think there are about seven or eight Eagles on there. Um, so that alone would be really awesome. Victor, fellow New Yorker, what do you think about having a New York? What I'm thinking. Yeah, what I'm thinking of this um, rugby club New York is just like you said, Daniel. This is going to be um, an old blue Nyack mix. I mean, they may probably throw the players probably from a New York Rugby Club, maybe Village Lions. If we if we get really lucky, one person from Brooklyn, uh, and and obviously that's my local team. So obviously. I would cheer for them, but of course, Brooklyn Rugby Club is like the three, I think, not even D two. But um, but yeah, but I'm definitely thinking that the bulk is going to definitely be all blue and Ajax, since those are the main uh, clubs in the city. Now, when it comes to to uh, to this Mister Gripper team, and as you probably noticed on the on the schedule that uh, Ontario Arrows put up, it's, it's, again, it has the Mr. River logo, but it says Boston. So what I'm thinking is that it's either going to be the Mr. River team, which is probably a mixture of other players uh, from the other Boston teams, like either Boston, uh, the Boston Irish Wolfhounds, and the Boston Rugby, or just Mr. River. So the, one of the two is what I'm thinking. The one about uh, Boston, not really New York, that has me interested is, well, you have all these mystic guys that are leaving to go play MLR this year, you know. Um, Armando Maquiera um, down in uh, Houston and then John Sullivan uh, down in New Orleans. So, you know, I, I'm sort of wondering – Oh, if they were, unless it's like Brian Ray said, long-term think Glendale model, but if you're thinking the Glendale model, the Glendale model is actually like 10 years. To uh, Armando, his name is Diego. Mm -hmm. Diego Ah. Armando. No, what? Yeah, Diego Armando Maquera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diego Armando. Diego Armando Armando Maquera. All right. So the point is, obviously, you know, then you saw up at with Chicago, JP Eloff, you know, they're supposedly going to be a team for 2019. Uh, Like he's down in New Orleans, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a question of what is the long-term, are they thinking four year, five year, four year plan, whatever it is to get into this or is it, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think the. I think we're we've always overstated how important it is that current players from the area are. Um, obviously, it's important. Um, I honestly, Mystic Rivers had a pretty good club for years, but I don't know too many Eagles that have really come out from it, as opposed to like New York, where there are a lot of Eagles who are playing on both these teams. But you know, sometimes Mystic River would still beat them. Um, but they these these clubs have all brought in a bunch of players from different areas too. But there's also the chance that if someone's really good enough and wants to return, then they'll return. But they're going to the paid job first. Yeah, you know, they may want to return later, or they they may never return. They may love Nolens. They love the Big Easy, so they may yeah. stay down there. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a big deal, really. 
Mystic won the national championship in 20, 2016. 2016. Yeah. So two years ago now. Um, and One year now. Yeah. So, um, like, 18 months later, they've, you know, this new campaign, they lost every match in the American Rugby Premiership. Oh, so wow. that's, that's not good. Yeah, I looked at the standings the other day, and there were no uh, there were no spring fixtures listed. So I, that sort of had me wondering what was up. And then you know you see this uh, that schedule plot. So. Yeah. No, but either way, I think that hopefully in, in the next couple of years, even if the uh, team loses all their better players or like their Eagles or high school Americans or collegial Americans, I think that they can hopefully fill in those gaps within the next couple of years. I think you can definitely... What I'm thinking... Yeah, Deborah, sorry about that. What I, what I was going to say, what I'm thinking is that probably a couple of the players from the East Coast that go down to the other teams that are currently in Major League Rugby may probably go back to a team that opens up in their area, whether in 2019 or beyond. So let's say, for example... If a team, if rugby, rugby club New York definitely comes in 2019, or the one in Boston, you may get, you may have a couple of those guys from from the East Coast that are, let's say, down in your in New Orleans goal, just going back up uh, to New York State and playing for the team. So that could be a possibility as well. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, interesting thing. So, uh, Capital Rugby Union Selects played uh, the USA South Panthers, and the South Panthers are a pretty intense program. They won the, I guess, the RAN, uh, yeah, the Rugby America's North uh, Championship this year. So you're gonna, and then you have mm-hmm. Capital Selects uh, out there. I think you've got two squads right there that could, um, in addition to here, scouting is right. You could fulfill, you know at least one more team out of those two um, put them in a daily training environment. And so that you, that could give you your Boston team. Right. So there's, there's players. And I think there's enough collegiate players uh, that are just out there. And it, you know, we'll get to some of these signings where there's guys that haven't played, you know, a lot of rugby recently, but you know, they played rugby growing up and they played other sports in college and they're still young and they're ready to get after it. So I think um, also with this too, not to kind of beat this a bit, but um, just because someone's from a city doesn't mean that they're, I mean, it, it could mean that they're more likely to actually play for that city if they played locally. But a lot of these guys may not even be from the area. You know, they're playing locally. And the, the location doesn't really mean as much to them. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to go where the money comes in. You know, you're not going to turn down an extra ten or fifteen thousand dollars if it's a, uh, you know, just because it's back. I guess what was your home? Because you're still going to have to pay for rent and everything like that too. So, uh, I think people always think, oh, this guy is from San Diego, so he's definitely going to play for San Diego, and San Diego loses him. Um, I'm pretty sure that all these teams have been in contact to some degree with players. So that's something yeah. I've seen come up a lot so, too. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the interesting thing about San Diego. So it's like, and you know what Mark talked about in the podcast is like, well, players weren't under contract at a certain juncture. So um, everyone could have, like he mentioned, you know, Sean Davies, anyone could have talked to Sean Davies and, you know, I guess a few people did and Sean Davies was like, no, I'm going to stay in Glendale. So, I mean, you know, 
There it is. Uh, On to the next big subject that hit the board this week. Uh, You know, the Pacific Rugby Premiership is coming back. What does that look like? The Samurai. The Samurai Pacific. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Samurai Pacific Rugby Premiership is back after taking a one-year hiatus. It has been reorganized. And, uh, you know, it has the three D1 teams from NorCal, three D1 teams in SoCal, the D1 for SoCal and NorCal has uh, been reorganized with some relegation going on. And, you know, they aim to build out this, uh, I would say, elite amateur competition. So the best amateur competition that, you know, you have in club rugby. Uh, yeah. So, Dan, what do you think? Um, I think it, it, timing is really, really good because my assumption or I guess my theory, I guess whatever, is that a lot of players who will be playing for San Diego are from California um, and play in the PRP. Um, they would play each other a lot. The coaches would be familiar from the area with a lot of these players. And then it may end up being their entire preseason for the most part because there are, there are two games that conflict. That would be the last regular season game for the PRP and then the actual final, which comes place uh, a few weeks later but one thing that's interesting about the scheduling uh, i guess two things actually one is that april 21st there's no game it's a bye week which happens to be mlr um whether or not that was intentional i'm I'm assuming it was um the second part that was actually interesting was that for the um for the eagles matches that were actually just announced recently as well um, those are coming up. The three of them are going to be in California for the ARC match. And the way it worked out where um, there's one that's going to be in more Northern California and then the three Northern California teams are hosting that week. And then it's the opposite when they go down to um, Los Angeles. I think the three Southern California teams are hosting when it's playing down there. So that was just kind of, interesting how that worked out because I obviously that was planned out they like like to have the clubs in the area so you can get extra fans that can go to the game after um first week the arc kickoff the third of the third of i missed that completely my my computer shut off yeah so the it's a not only is that a buy and this really matters for the the union more so than anybody else so there's a match which kicks off the arc it's a double header at StubHub, and um all of socal rugby football union is on a buy and i think i don't know my club is on a buy that weekend and i think that was intentional across the board yeah and that's good too because in philly as victor and i I don't know how many people you you spoke to, Victor, but for me, my club is playing, so I, you know, I just didn't show up basically. And there were other clubs who went, but you know, you occasionally get one or two people who be like, "Yeah, I, I came here, but my club is playing." So, you know, that's missing out on maybe ten more people who could have been there from each club within, you know, an hour and a half radius. Um, so that kind of sucks that that happened for that. But for this one. You know, it looks like it's going to be a lot better opportunity for people to be able to actually show up to the game. Um, it's good to, to reach out to new people, but right now a lot of our fans are current players. So if the current players came to make it, then yeah, you're going to miss out on a lot of fans. Um, looking at, like, so how does this affect MLR? Some people think, we because we haven't heard anything about San Diego, right? 
And yeah, Matt has come out and said, hey, we've got our players, we've got our staff, we need things to drop, and then we're going to announce everything. So there is an assumption. I'm not saying it's wrong. It might be correct. Um, it has me wondering, um, is the core of the San Diego team uh, basically the core of the Ombak team? And I don't think so, personally, because you know, you know, I've linked on the, the Reddit site a few times the interview that the Ombak head coach had with the Rugby Republic, and he clearly stated that they had previously explored the MLR model and it did not fit with what they wanted to do and are remaining an amateur club. So that's where I think, you know, yes, uh, I think there will be several on-back players on San Diego Legion, but I do not think there will be, um, you know, that much of a, you know, going back and forth, except for, you know, as I've talked about with Austin, the, the guys that don't make the 23 they'll probably be released to play for a local club that week. What, I, what I'm thinking is that the the Pacific Rugby Premiership is going to serve as a, as I guess, as a warm-up to a couple of the players that may play for the Legion. And the schedule of the of, of the of the Premiership is actually quite, quite good because you start at February and then the uh, Major League Rugby starts on the 21st of April. And that's already, uh, I think, semifinals. And then the week after that is finals, and that's it. So really overlaps the last two weeks. But before them, everything's good. So that, so what I'm thinking is that you may have a couple of the players from the Legion that may play for those six clubs that probably, like, say, if they don't make the match 23, they may play for the, their, their amateur clubs. And... And those obviously that that do make it for the Legion will play and everything will be so, glory. And once the season is over, that's it. Let's go back to normal, I guess. Uh, the reason why I don't think like that's going to be a thing. And here's why. So <laughs> he, he's still, he's basically saying, Victor, this is why you're wrong. No, well, yeah, but so <laughs> no, no, that's cool. No worries. I don't mind. Well, everything I everything we've talked about and everything I've gathered is league contracts start on three January. Um, the salary cap covers. Mm-hmm. the the season so 21 april to 28 june and then you know full assembly for the entirety of the league is on like the first week of january and um so i think so what are they going to get paid that's a stipend that is not the wage that they're going to earn during the season you know because we've had questions about salary cap and whatnot so i think if the league is paying people the league doesn't want um you know, the the majority of their team playing these pretty, you know, these pretty hard matches uh, week in and week out as their training camp, unless it's for their, t- you know, the Legion. That's that's my idea. You know, I might be wrong. I might be completely wrong. And then, you know, on back basically becomes San Diego Legion overnight. That could happen. That definitely will happen, but we'll see how things go. Uh, as the as the premiership starts, and obviously as the legion finally pulls out the curtain completely and brings out the players and coaching staff. So, my only thought on uh, the PRP thing is just the fact that as as often as we can, as much as we can, you know, high level competitions of any sort, whether it's club level or uh, uh, professional like MLR, 
is good for the game in the country. So more power to them and looking forward to seeing what comes next. So, but at any rate, um, guys, I think we've got some news out of uh, signings. Back to uh, back to the grind. Who we yeah. got this week? So Utah uh, in the last uh, eight days or no seven days has announced a bunch. One of them I pulled from uh, rugby today, but let's just hit it. Uh, Utah Warriors signed USA Islanders center number eight, Saya uh, Totahi Uhila. Saya is Tongan by birth. He's been playing rugby in the U.S. for quite a while. Uh, he's a powerful eight man, but also an extremely tout, stout inside center. Most recently, he was with Rugby Utah, Utah Rugby Brothers in uh, the men's premier division back in 2016. In 2015, a former he was with the East Palo Alto Bulldogs, which is a former V1 team in NorCal. Uh, 2015, same year, he was also on the Life West Rugby uh, set, Sevens team that competed in Club Sevens Nationals. Uh he was previously an Ocean Ride, Oceanside Rugby Club U19 player. Uh, his brother, Loni Uhila, is the Tongan Bear, who uh, currently plays for ASM Clermont. He previously played for the Hurricanes in Super Rugby and Waikato Rugby in uh, down in um, the Mitre 10. He's 31 years old, six foot four. 260 pounds, big dude. Uh, the one I pulled out of rugby today, yet to be announced, but he's in Utah. He was on the Ru- Utah Selects. Uh, he was also on the West Valley Lions in the uh, men's premier division. He's an open side flanker is Lance Williams. Um, he is also a Utah Selects Sevens National Champion. Uh, so they won the club Sevens National Championship this year. Uh, he was a linebacker at the University of Hawaii, played 48 games, started 21. He had 124 total tackles, nine tackles for loss. He's been living in Utah for a little while, just an all-around athlete. As a letter winner in high school, he played football, track, ran track, lettered in volleyball and basketball. He's also, you know, played a little bit of rugby growing up, you know. Um, he played rugby union, but he's – Played a few times in the big rugby league festival that they have uh, on the big island in Hawaii. Um, and then the third player I got uh, for the Utah Warriors is their signing from today. You know, they're bringing some more rugby league flair this week. That's like two guys that, and the, to add to the one guy that was already a, a league international. Um, so I guess when it comes to, Rugby league, they're actually as soon as they see Union, they're gonna stay with Union. That that right, guys? Seems to happen. I mean, I just I just go with this, the numbers, you know. So, um, without further ado, uh, Utah Warriors sign USA Rugby League Hawk national team player in Jacksonville, Axman Pio Vatu- Vatuve. He's a flanker and a center, but apparently he wants to become a prop. Uh, formerly a defensive end for the University of Louisville. Played rugby growing up with the Hayward Griffins. Uh, he uh, played with Louisville rugby in what I would call his final semester, which was in the fall uh, after his 
uh, I guess camp invitation with the Bucks didn't go so hot. Uh, you know, didn't get drafted, but he was invited to the Bucks and prepared for the Bucks training camp, and then completed his degree in fall of 2016. Uh, he played 22 games at Louisville, recording 44 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, one interception, one forced fumble. He also played nine games as a true freshman for the University of Washington, and I think he was in the same recruiting class as Saul Wuching. Uh, he's 23 years old, six foot two, 250 pounds right now, but I'm guessing if he's converting to prop, he's going to put on about 20 or 30 and just be a monster. Dan, what do you got, man? Awesome. Um, so I got a couple of signings, both from uh, the Seawolves. Seawolves signed Mike Palafau, fullback, eagle number 342 to the squad. He's uh, a bit of an experienced um, rugby player. So he's been around for about 17 years or so. I don't know when he started, but he's 37 now. He's, I think, same class as Todd Clever, who we hope is going to be playing for the Austin Elite Rugby, though we can't you know, may not be fair because he's a part owner, so that might be a bit a bit biased. But you know, I'm pretty sure that like someone like Jerry Jones, if he wanted to play, he'd put himself in. You know, but he's a bit too old now, anyway. But um, so, like I said, fullback, he is an Eagle number three forty two. He's been a member of the Seattle Saracens since they merged uh, between Old Puget Sound Bay and Seattle RFC. Um, <clears throat> he's won a, a Club Sevens national title. In 2014, and most recently was on the Washington Athletic Club's seven side uh, that completed in the club's seven's national tournament. So uh, the other Seawolves uh, signing was actually John Hayden. Um, Central Washington University graduate was selected to the wider USA Select squad during the 2017 APC. Uh, congratulations to him. But yeah, but those are the two Seawolves that got signed. I think I keep saying this almost every week, but I'm – Nearly 100% certain that that is their starting 15 that they actually have now. It, it might be 14, but I'm pretty sure that it's at least the 15 by this point. Um, so it's great to have Mike, who is really experienced, maybe even be able to come on as a coach um, in a bit. And then John Hayden, who's also a bit experienced too, um, even though he's only 22 years old. So it's great to have one oldie, one youngie. So thank you. <laughs> Oldie and youngie, is that uh, like, is that a scientific term or? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, I think it is. Um, Victor, why don't you talk? Because I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Sounds cool. No worries. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, Dan, do you want to give the, the stats of both players? Cause you didn't mention age nor. I didn't mention age. anything else. He mentioned age. You pay attention. No. I, we, we just said this. I, I made that really weird oldie and youngie. Thing. So I did mention the age. Oh yeah, but I mean, and, and, the, and the height and the weight. I mean, I, I wrote it up for a reason. Okay, well, um, Mike Palafau, thirty-seven, yeah. six foot one inch, and weighs two hundred one pounds. Um, John Hayden, however, is six foot two inches and two hundred seventy-five pounds. So he's about seventy-four <laughs> pounds and one inch on him. So that's a, that's going from like skinny to just like you know prop. That that's really really perfect right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going on my um, on mine, guys. So the last two are as follows. So first, uh, uh, Nola Gold uh, announced the addition of international lock Mr. Uh, Nicola Bursic. Now, this is a Chilean international, he, although he was born in Torrance, California, but he grew up in, 
but he grew up in Santiago, Chile. Now, Borsic uh, has played for Craig House uh, All Boys uh, since childhood. And and even after going uh, to Ohio State, uh, excuse me, not Ohio, Idaho, Idaho. State, Idaho State University, excuse me, you know, Idaho, Ohio, sounds similar. And having a stint with the San Diego Breakers of Pro Rugby, uh, Berkson remains in his club while in town. Now with his return to USA, the man now links with fellow, uh, fellow Chilean uh, Sebastian Com, making Nola Gold the only MLR side thus far to have South American representation, specifically with two players. So obviously, congratulations uh, for having Nicola back to the States. He's age 24. He is six feet two inches or 1.88 meters, weights 257 pounds or 116 kilograms. And finally, guys, we had the one and only uh, U.S. international, U.S. Eagle, Mr. Matthew Jensen, who's been signed to, of course, the Utah Warriors. Uh, he is a former Brigham Young University player, uh, also an All-American as well. Uh, although he made his mark in Utah as, as the Mormon that he is, he's actually originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania, actually. And he was involved. Yeah, I know. Home of the office. Actually, there we go. I mean, he's he looks like, I mean, he looks like a a just massive linebacker or defensive mm-hmm. end at that size. He's, well, I mean, he did American football, track and field, javelin throwing. So yeah, this guy, you know, that's quite something. Um, so it, his rugby career, the thing is that he was in American football for for a while, and after he returned from a service mission in, in Paraguay, he decided to move over to to rugby uh, altogether. And he also played for the mythical Highland Rugby Club. Uh, most people that tell me about rugby know Highland because of the Forever Strong movie, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, guys, I definitely suggest you do. It's super corny, but it's one of those sports movies that when you watch it, it makes it's called Forever Strong. Forever Strong, okay. Never Forever Strong. If you haven't never seen it, wow, I'm surprised. That is the only rugby movie I know. I've only uh, seen. I've seen two. Invictus is the only rugby movie. Invictus, the one that's that is that, that that's the only that is the only mainstream rugby movie that most people that actually, know about rugby. There's know. a Bollywood movie too. There's a Bollywood movie. Oh yeah, rugby. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it's called. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> this, the, yeah, the one. Yeah, the, yeah that one. Scene, we don't talk about that one because no, I mean, it's, it's not really about the sports. You know, at least not it's, faithfully represented. It's probably about large groups of people dancing. <laughs> there was a lot of exactly. kicking and punching involved, or, or a lot of killing. Exactly, but yeah, but definitely, guys, watch Forever. But yeah, guys, definitely watch Forever Strong again. Really corny movie, but definitely worth it. So anyway, so he played there. Um, Jason won two championships, by the way, and went on uh, on tour to Australia, where he impressed so much that he won a spot with the Eagles against the Maori All Blacks in the 2016 match that you may remember. Now, his first uh, appearance, uh, or at least cap appearance for the Eagles, was against Uruguay in this year's American uh, America's Rugby Championship when he became Eagle number 506, and he scored against Chile and Georgia as well. So he's age 25. He's 6 feet 8 inches 
or 2.03 meters. So that guy is huge. Uh, he weighs 240 pounds or 108 kilograms. And I was also uh, lucky enough to meet his beautiful wife uh, when the Eagles played against Ireland uh, at Red Bull Arena. She was actually sitting in front of me. And when he came to the field, I just... I just heard a scream. Yeah, I go mad. You know, super like super high pitched white girl kind of kind of sound. Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> Whoa! Just saying, just saying. So I said, um, I said "Excuse me, Miss, who are you screaming?" <laughs> it's not me. Come on, Corey. You know me better than that, bro. You and plus, you know I'm half white, so I cannot be racist. Thank you. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I cannot be because I Mike I cannot hate half of me. That's so stupid. Victor just dropped the mic right there. He's like. Boom. I'm half. I can't be racist. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, like, I haven't heard anyone ever. Like, you know, Obama. You're just calling out Obama. tropes, and that's a bit rough. I've, I've, I've yet to. No, no. In my life, someone say I'm white. I can't be racist. That's, that's the part that just. <laughs> I can't, no, 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 really, I cannot be racist against white people because I have white. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just common sense. I cannot be right. racist against blacks because I'm half black. That's how I see it as someone who's Hispanic. You know, Hispanics, we laugh at race. We find the concept of race here in the States hilarious. We don't really see it the same way as they do here in the States. So to us, it's like whatever. But, anyways, but yeah, she was really pleasant, by the way. Like, we hugged and everything. She, she, she was awesome. So, really of course, of course. So shout, so shout outs to, to Mrs. Jensen. Hey, he was again, like, right. I just hugged an eagle spouse. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, like she was really cool. Eagle. You know, like we shook hands and hugged. It's hug. like, it's like I hugged an yeah, eagle. Yeah, she's a really sweet woman. It's like yeah, I she was her, yeah, she was really, <laughs> she was a really sweet woman. Because the thing is, she she, she and I had a conversation alongside uh, Adrian McGinty's girlfriend, Samantha. So it was like the three of us talking, and and and, and cool. Sam also is really cool. So yeah, like let me tell you, the girlfriends and wives of the Eagles are really nice ladies. I have to say, the ones I met so far. That's awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I got so signings. All right. Well, another big week for signings. Um, not quite as big of a week for news, but we got a little bit for our news, views, and abuse section. So let's get right to it, guys. Um, coming out of Austin. Uh, Thierry was kind enough to uh, retweet some information on a new stadium coming to town. Um, if you guys had an opportunity to look at the pictures of this thing, it looks freaking Ameri- uh, just amazing. It's just mind-blowingly. It looks very American, too. It's very American. It's the uh, Bjork, York Ingalls Bjork. Group Stadium, or Big Stadium. It's solar-powered. And uh, it is uh, appears to be like a concert venue slash sporting a, uh, facility slash community center slash just all around freaking crazy cool looking place yeah. uh, that yeah, they're proposing that they're proposing to build in Austin. Um, now I did notice that I, I think this this is not the first time Thierry has um, po- uh, tweeted or commented about uh, stadiums coming to Austin. So I, I wonder, I get the impression maybe they're just kind of. So step back and waiting to see what happens right now before they make any commitments. So I got something on that. So okay. I, I sort of sent a, a text and I was like, Hey, so that looks cool. And then he, he like called me like right away. And I was like, Whoa. So I, I took the call and he's saying, so right now uh, to include this, this one, there are 
like five stadium projects uh, under consideration in Austin. And whichever one it is, and this is like thinking long-term, like year four or five, maybe even six, uh, that whatever, whichever stadium it is, Austin Elite Rugby is going to be a tenant. Like it's, it's like that's going to happen. So, you know, that's going to – and, you know, that, that wasn't the first time I'd been told that by them. That was, like, probably the third or fourth time. So um, by the time whatever stadium gets built, uh, we're probably going to see, you know, uh, Austin Elite Rugby playing, you know, in a brand-new stadium. And 40, I think Dan, Yeah, and I think Dan's going to talk to us a little about the arms race that is about to start. Arms race? A facilities arms race. Oh, facilities arms race. I was like, I don't know anything about that. Um, speaking of, of facilities, Utah – actually, Utah didn't announce their, their facility, but um, America's Rugby News did post a little article saying that Utah Stadium will be – I don't know what the name of it is. Zion the, Bank. Zion Bank. Yeah. Um, it is the Academy – I guess field stadium slash practice field for the Real Salt Lake. Um, so the academy team plays there, and it's I think it's around five or six thousand they can fit. Um, it's already built; it looks pretty nice, but it's basically being able to use their facilities because right next to the actual stadium, there's this really nice gym, fitness center, everything like that. So that's something that I'm hoping that Utah will actually be able to use and um, help them you know, get a bit more legit. You know, we, we thought this would be the case months ago because I think someone posted the tweet and then everyone did their own personal digging and found out more information about it. And since the, um, I think the current owner of Real Salt Lake is really interested in investing in things like rugby and lacrosse, it just sort of made, you know, perfect sense. Um, our, our friend, Bob, Bob, Bob Oberson, uh, said he would. He promised to take some nicer pictures than the one in the article. Um, so we're looking forward to that. If we don't get them soon, we're gonna have to get rid of questions from Bob if we don't get what we want. So, but yeah, that's really awesome that that Utah's got a nice stadium. Seems similar to the Starfire uh, Stadium that Seattle's playing at. Um, speaking of Seattle, um, Corey, I think you were gonna mention something about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a quick note out of Seattle that they have. Uh, Posted uh, season tickets. They're now available uh, for the four home games that are coming to Seattle this season. Um, it's going to be $99. It starts at $99. Uh, the most expensive option is $129. So uh, for four four matches, that's uh, you know a very reasonable price for a professional team. IMO. Uh, their games are going to be held at Starfire Stadium, and I'm just te- uh, taking a look. They don't have single match tickets on sale yet, but they do have the prices listed here. So, as I said, the season tickets are either 99 or 129, depending on how close to the field you want to be. And then the corresponding uh, single match tickets are going to be 29 for uh, the higher up section and 39 for the closer in section. That's on both the um, that's on the north side of the stadium. They also have a family section over in on the south side, which are twenty nine and ninety nine respectively. So uh, it looks like they've got a pretty good setup there. It looks like they've uh, once again just 
uh, pushing this professionalism that we keep hearing out of the league. You know, it is, is there legit stadiums with legit ticket prices? So not joking around. It's good to see Seattle is offering that up. And, uh, once those, especially once those single match tickets go on sale, I'm sure we're going to see some, some movement on that. People going out to check out a match here and there. So Plus, at this Very point, exciting. if you're, if you're a local rookie fan and you could pay a hundred dollars for four games, for yourself like that's that's a very reasonable season ticket package whereas um if you are trying to get to an nfl game season tickets will cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars plus you'll spend a ton of money on parking and all the beverages and drinks and food and everything there it's kind of a lot and i mean especially i don't know if it's the same across the country but in new york it's 13 dollars for a bud light at city field what that's oh, right. Sorry, no. no, I'm sorry. That's, I think it's eleven dollars for Bud Light, but for like Stella, it's twelve or thirteen dollars. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I, I think it was like nine last time I bought a beer at a stadium, and that was like wow. you know, Bud Light and whatever else was like eleven. Yeah. So I don't know what uh, I mean. Not the Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I don't really care about that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see uh, how the whole affordability is because that's that's a huge draw. I mean, there are always people like NFL. There's so many people who are saying, "I want to bring my kids to a football game. I want, I love this sport. I want them to see it." But to get anything, even nosebleeds, will cost you four or five hundred dollars. You know, for parking, yeah. for tickets, for drinks, for everything for the kids, and it's just not affordable. This can cost you 150 bucks, and that can have a, a great time out there. I I can't I can't go down to an Iowa Hawkeyes University of Iowa Hawkeyes football game for that price. So one wow. one game. Uh so it's pretty awesome to see an entire season for that price. So yeah. yeah. Uh wow. Dan. Hey Dan. Yeah. Guess what time it is? Um ten fifty. Well, <laughs> yeah. On the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, for us, East Coast. It's also time for Tweet of the Week. We have a tweet of the week. We broke some rules. Um, one, because we have two tweets, and two, because there are no emojis or hashtags or anything like that. However, we talked about this before. There was a spoiler for anyone who was actually paying attention. Um, basically, with San Diego Legion, we had Matt Hawkins. His Twitter account is at PolarBearKZN. So, reaching the whole conversation between Cardiff and, and Strubra over here. Um, oh, me. Yeah. That's you. Um, Matt says, gents, you're on the right track. We've put together a great squad and are excited about what's ahead. Likewise, the coaching staff is exceptional and incredibly talented. I won't be head coach, unfortunately. We look forward to hosting you both at the game. And then more stuff was said. And then he goes, names will start being released in the next few weeks. A few other announcements before we start with those. So this is dated to December 8th. So it was about three days ago. So um, players will likely be announced around January. And then they'll have other announcements, which I'm assuming one will be a stadium, uh, which seems to be the one that everyone really wants to know. Though we assume it'll be um, Torero Stadium because there's really not that many options out there. Um, And then after that, I wonder what the other announcements Maybe other than coaches and players. 
Um, I guess, you know, that streaming option for the league needs to drop. But uh, getting into the background on this, uh, so uh, I forget. I think I responded to Cardiff about something that he put on the board. And I was like, I asked him how he tracks all these people because he lives in Hereford. And he goes, oh, speaking of, when do you think San Diego Legion's going to start announcing their squad? And it's like, no, I don't know, but I have an earful of dirt. Obviously the pun. And I haven't heard much other than that. They're chugging along getting ready. I'd say the latest is, you know, 3 January, which, uh, you know, I understand is USMLR report date. And then he goes, what about coaching staff? And I said, I oh, I'm pretty sure Polar Bear um, is the head coach. And Polar Bear is the nickname of... Uh, you know, Matt Hawkins, and then he goes, nope, not me, but I am there. I am coaching, but I'm not the head coach. And, you know. It's confirmed, so. too, because he has the logo of San Diego oh, yeah. Legion in his Twitter account. So, I mean, oh, yeah. he can't be making that up at that point, really. Yeah, so, um, yeah. There's that. So I'm wondering when it's going to drop. I'd like it to drop soon and, you know, go forward. Yeah. Well, the other so thing Cardiff lives in Cardiff where he lives in England, right, guys? He lives in Hafford. He does Which not live in London. England. Did not say that, though. I, I did not say that. I'm just saying that. I read somewhere. Well, Hafford is in England. That's what. Yeah. 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 Across the bridge. He lives across okay. the bridge. Okay. If it's, if it's in England, that's all I want to know. Yeah. I, I'm pretty excited to hear some news out of San Diego, but I think we got to uh, monitor expectations here and just say we're heading into Christmas. Things are probably going to be shut down really until January. So yeah, we'll just uh, sit back and see what happens. So yeah, it probably will be in January when they start making announcements. Um, Christmas in Hanukkah and Kwanzaa is not the best time to announce, uh, announce things. So, well, yeah. Do we have any questions from Bob? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, we've got one that came in. Uh, just as a reminder, guys, we do try to post a thread each week over on our Reddit page. That's reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby, uh, requesting questions from Bob. Um, so this one this week came in from Molodites, and he wants to know, what the F was N-A-P-R? And um, I'll go ahead and re, re, er, echo that and just say, hey, guys, what is or was N-A-P-R? I, I, don't, I don't know. So, I mean, I think Grant has talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Uh, I have, you know, a little more detail after spending some time in um, – uh, over in freaking Houston uh, at the Lost Afternoon. So, Napper. So, previously, we had a – there was a sanctioned competition under – that was going to be called North American Professional Rugby. And uh, it had four – it was a dual-sanctioned agreement. So, there was Rugby Canada – was signed on to this because there was going to be a team in Vancouver and there was going to be a team in the Bay, which is, was actually going to be funded at the time by uh, chairman Will Chang. And then there was going to be the team in Glendale 
And then there was going to be a team, uh, I think all the same backers of Houston were on this. So there was going to be four teams and then they were going to, they had plans to expand the next year. And there was just a bunch of stuff that uh, they didn't, like they didn't meet for benchmarks, so they just never launched. And then Doug uh, obviously took over, basically took the same sanctioning agreement for the most part, minus a few things, and did pro. Uh, yeah, so it, it was a dream that never was because there were just thresholds that did not get achieved. But this would have been like... I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, I, apparently, we need to uh, bring in uh, our friend, this is Texas Rugby, to do the Rugby History Podcast to talk about this. Sounds good. We're going to ruck you over right now and mm-hmm. go into final thoughts. Uh, so last thing of housekeeping, if you guys paid attention, or not – you guys but our viewers at home uh glendale tweeted out their revamped portion of the website and their staff section all those people are not new but you see their full bios so i'm pretty sure we're gonna see their players get announced victor offload to you man unless dan has something to say that's right or Corey. uh well all i've got to say is once again grant's um commenting on back to us and just saying that that match this Saturday is actually going to be a full match. It's not a scrimmage now. So that could be uh, very interesting to see what comes out of that. So, Oh, be fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, we can't watch it. We're here. Maybe somebody will set up a camcorder. We can watch it later. Facebook live. Cool. Yeah. Hey. Grant, Grant, we need you just to hold up a cell phone. If it's a full match this time, let's, let's get live film because yeah. the last time, was it's Sabercats versus Reds? I don't never mind. It's Sabercats versus Reds uh, at the Reds pitch. Um, so if you're in Dallas and you don't have anything to do, go check it out. Um, oh, yeah, Sabercats uh, won 55 to 14 over the Blacks, so things are starting to round out into form. Nice, there we go. Well, guys, preseason's almost done. Real preseason's about to start in a couple of weeks. That's exactly right. Well, guys, going back to final thoughts. Well, guys, this is very much this is the end of the podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. By the way, we did our best to keep the, the show at a less than a 70-minute show. So we, I think we're like on 60 minutes, like minute 64, so we're doing great. So I think this show, the shortest show we have done with four of us, which is great. So hopefully we're going to keep this up. Oh, now we're minute 65. Thank you. Oh, 66. Thank you. Hurry up. <laughs> 67. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Moving on. So, in any case, guys, thank you for joining us at the April of Dirt podcast. Um, as, as always, guys, subscribe to us at our YouTube channel, April of Dirt Fancast. Uh, like us on YouTube. Hey, well, excuse me. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Earful of Dirt on all those three social platforms. Of course, uh, add us to your iTunes feed as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FN. Of course, leave us a review. We need to check because I definitely didn't check this week, guys. So I don't know if we had anything. If you left something, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, also, make sure to call us at our 
phone number, drop us a voicemail, and that will be at one seven two zero six hundred two six seven nine. Again, that's one seven two zero six zero zero two six seven nine. As you know, we do this live streams at ten PM Easter, seven PM Pacific time. With that, guys, my name is Victor. Again, that was Corey. That was Daniel. That's Aaron. We'll see you next week. Muy buenas noches. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.